Come on, let's all stand up. Let's give Jesus glory. Come on, let's all stand up. Lord, we thank You. We magnify You. We want to start this morning off continuing to worship You, Lord God, with everything that's in us. We love You, sir. We want to receive from You today. We thank You for speaking to our hearts and showing us what true worship is in our lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I want to encourage you to come. Uh, we've got one more Saturday during this 21 days of prayer and uh, uh, prayer and fasting. Fast, that's January. But uh, this 21 days of prayer, this worship and prayer service, that's this Saturday at 9. Come and be a part of this. I just believe that uh, it's just, it's going to set in some things in motion. And, and I want you to be a part of that. Not that you can't pray. And I know that some of you can't make it. I know that. I understand that. Uh, but uh, definitely be praying throughout the week too, okay? Uh, also, uh, small group leaders, if you want to uh, lead a group, please get your uh, groups registered today. Uh, training, if you've not been trained, you've gone through, you've gone through all of the growth track and uh, you're on a dream team, then you can, you can definitely lead a group. Uh, just go ahead and, and go through the training. That'll take place next week at 401, okay? So make sure you do that. All right, here we go. I want to talk to you about I Worship, uh, continuing in this series. This series has been very, very uh, uh, impacting in my own life, especially during this time of emphasis on prayer. And uh, I I believe today is just going to be uh, special, special, special. I think it's going to just take us to another, another level in our, in our worship. I want to start out with John chapter 4. Let's go there. John chapter 4, verse 22. Jesus talking here says, You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit, in truth. Notice here that he says true worshipers must worship Him in spirit and truth. Worship is an attitude of the heart, and it is an expression of our lives. Really, that's what worship is. And uh, we discovered and have been discovering what worship looks like. Last week we talked about Worship being our greatest priority. And we talked about if, if worship is going to be our greatest priority, then that's putting, that's putting God first in our life. And we discovered that when we do that, everything else is added to our lives. Too often what we're trying to do is we're putting everything else before God, and that's not true worship. And when we do that, we actually push God out of the picture. And we illustrated that very well last week. If you didn't, uh, weren't able to be here, you can go online and listen to that. But uh, God made us for His pleasure. He created us for Him, uh, to be in relationship with Him. And really, worship is a relationship. It is a relationship and it is an exchange. When we worship God, then God, in turn, He's speaking to our hearts. He's doing things in our hearts. He's doing things in our life. We don't do it for that reason. We don't worship God for what we can get out of it. But because it is a relationship, we get something out of worship. We walk away changed. We walk away encouraged. We walk away with a lot of different things in our life. And we're going to talk about that even more today. He created us to be worshipers. We, we are all worshipers. Whether we recognize it or realize it, 
we are all worshipers. We're worshiping something. We were created to worship Him, but, you know, we're worshiping something. We worship something. Whatever demands our greatest time, whatever demands our greatest energy and focus and money becomes our object of worship. And God wants to be uh, worshipped with our lives. True worship happens anytime we're focused on God. And that's what we did today. We came, we focused on God, and, and, and that was worship. And that's what we're doing right now, even. Because when we're focused on God, our heart's engaged, uh, our heart attitude is towards God, then we're right now, even in this time, it is worship to God. You can worship God on your job. You can worship God in anything and everything that you're doing for His glory can be offered up as worship to Him. Isn't that good? And so many times we just look at what took place this morning and we don't want to underestimate what took place in this place this morning because I believe there were some people that were set free this morning. Uh, at, at, at our, at our um, worship and prayer service, uh, I've heard some, already some testimonies, but Rusty was telling me he was just telling me the, the uh, uh, last Saturday that during our communion time that God had given him a word. His wife had been battling with some uh, some some things physically and and just was struggling in that and and through that word and taking communion that his wife got healed. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. And so you know, I tell you, lots of things happen in worship. Revelation four eleven says this: "You are worthy, O Lord." To receive glory, honor, and power. It sounds like worship to me, right? You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. You and I were created to be worshipers. I'm telling you, all of us, all of us desire to worship. And, and I'm going I'm to share some things today that I believe that will be very enlightening to you and may, probably impacting in your lives of what takes place when you make worship your greatest purpose in your life. When you make that worship towards God your main and, 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 and greatest purpose in your life, what takes place? I'm going to tell you the first thing that takes place when that happens, number one, is that we're the most satisfied during that time. There's, like, there's nothing that satisfies than, than being in the presence of God. There's nothing that satisfies than the, than the presence of God in your life. Uh, you can be going through all kinds of storms in your life and circumstances in your life and situations in your life, but there is not a thing that satisfies like the presence of God in your life. As a matter of fact, once you get a dose of the presence of God, nothing else satisfies. And that's why we want everybody to experience God's presence in their life. As a matter of fact, here's what uh, Psalm 1611 says, one of my favorite psalms. Uh, it says, You show me the path of life, and in your presence is the fullness of of joy. That word fullness means fully satisfied. I looked that up and it literally means fully satisfied. And so in your presence is, is where we're fully satisfied with your joy. And then that word joy here means gladness, delight, happiness, and pleasure. It goes on to say at your right hand, when we're under the authority of God, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. 
We were created for worship. We were created for worship like, like fish were created for water. When you have, I'm telling you, when fish are in the water, they're satisfied. When you take a fish, I almost got a goldfish. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be crude. And I was going to take this goldfish out in my mind. So I'm doing it in my mind. So, okay. <laughs> I took this goldfish out of the water in my mind, put him on a table here in front of you. Okay. To illustrate this, but I thought I better not. And I could see that fish just flapping and flapping and flapping and flapping. Why? He's just so dissatisfied out of the water. The only place he's satisfied is when he's in the water. And I'm going to tell you, when you're out of the presence of God, you're like that fish trying to get back in water, and you're just all over. I'm telling you, you're, you're from one relationship to another. You're from one job to another, from... From one hobby to another, trying to, I mean, from one drink to another, from one cigarette to another, from one toke to another. I've been there, guys. I've been there. I'm looking to be satisfied. I'm looking to be satisfied. And you can't be satisfied. You can't be satisfied by all those things. You're fish out of the water. It's only the presence of God that satisfies you. When, because you were created for his presence. In his presence is the fullness of joy. A matter of fact, you've got a lot of things happening in your life. All kinds of crazy things happening in your life. Because life, just there's a lot of things that has to take place. A lot of moving parts in your life. You got children and husband and wife and job and church and ministry and people that God brings across your path because he wants you to minister life to them. Then you have the storms of life that come in and then you have bills and then you have, you know, you, you have a tax on your body or your family or your, you know, this week, uh, yesterday, when was it? Yesterday, yesterday morning. I get up at my, my I get up at two thirty and pray every day and and so yesterday morning I get up to pray and I walk into the restroom and uh, and and there's water all in the floor and I could hear this. I'm going, oh my goodness. Oh, okay. So I turn on the light, look underneath the sink, and there's a a spray coming from my sink. Well, my house was built in 1930, <laughs> so there's no cutoff valves. It's straight from the wall to the faucet. And I'm thinking, my first thought, I need to call my son. It didn't go very well because I didn't call him. So I go in there and I thought, well, I, I felt around and I thought maybe a hole because it's, it's copper pipe and I thought maybe a hole... Uh, I mean, it sprung a leak and there was a hole coming out. But what had happened is, I guess the seal, it had come loose from the, the, the faucet and, and it was just enough to have a good steady stream. And it must have just started because the restroom just had, it had water in there, but it wasn't just, it wasn't just flooded. And so I'm going, okay, well, I'll push it up. Maybe that'll stop it. And it did it for a little bit and then I pushed it up and then it came all the way out. And, and I'm telling you, it went from just full-blown, all water. So I, I, I put my finger over the top of it, and I stopped it with my finger, and I'm thinking, yeah, how long can I hold this? And, and I'm thinking, okay, I'll call my wife. And then, I, well, I'm thinking of all these things. I'm thinking all these things. Well, 
even if I even if I let go, I've got to go turn it off at the at the street. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't have the key to turn it off the street. Then's when I thought about my son. And and so and I said I said, I need to call my wife, and I don't know what she could have done, but anyway. So I go, hun, hun, hun. She can't hear me. In our, I have to sleep with this fan that's blowing on my face, and it makes a lot of noise, so it's going, Whoosh. she can't hear nothing or anything. And so I go, okay, I've got I've to I've just remove my finger. And I, I pull my finger off, and I... In in the, in the process of running to to the uh, kitchen to where my tools some tools are, honey, honey, I need some help. And so she heard me. She got up. And anyway, I went in. Long story short, I went in there and got some uh, some uh, wire cutters and crimped the the copper tubing, shut the water off, and it's still not working. I'm going to wait till <laughs> tomorrow. Call a plumber. So anyway, and then we get in there and clean it all up. But here's the point. You got all kinds of moving parts happening. You got storms, you got issues, you got stuff that you got to deal with and and I'm telling you another another par, another problem in your life, another issue in your life that if you don't have the presence of God, you're going to you're going to blow an engine. You're just going to just you're, it's like all these moving parts without oil. An engine has oil and as long as that engine has oil, it's okay. My daughter-in-law told me this past week she hadn't hadn't checked the oil in her engine and, and I guess they checked it and there was like uh four quarts. It took four quarts. She was like running on one quart of oil. We're talking about on the verge and that's like a lot of Christians running on one quart of oil. I mean the Holy Spirit's the oil in our life. We need the presence of God in our life. And when you don't have the oil with all those moving parts, I'm telling you, at some point, it's going to blow an engine. I've blown four engines. No, three engines. Three engines. I've blown three engines. One was my son's, uh, on one of his riding lawnmowers, by the way. But I've blown two, two other engines and two vehicles, and, and it's because they ran out of oil. And it's like fish out of the water. A, a Christian without the presence of God is like a Christian without oil. At some point, you know, you're going to, and I've noticed this, and I've noticed this not only in other people's lives, but in my own life, that people that are most dissatisfied, people that are most dis- discouraged or, or depressed or, or, or even uh, dismayed or, or uh, just, they just give up in life are people that, uh, get away from the presence of God. The worst thing, the worst thing that you could do whenever things are happening is to get away from good Christian fellowship, from the presence of God, from worship, from church. The worst thing that you can do, the best thing that you can do is come and get filled with the oil of God. Amen? Amen? Because we were created to worship, and when we do, that's when we're the most satisfied. In His presence is the fullness of fullness of joy. God supplies all of our need in every area of our lives. So make sure that when you worship, you understand that that's when we're the most, most satisfied. Secondly, we're the most secure. We're the most secure. Proverbs 18.10 says this, the Lord is a mighty tower where his people can run for safety. For safety, uh, I was meeting with our dream team 
uh, director and and her fiance this past Tuesday, and we're and that's uh, Miss Stephanie Redding, and uh, and we're we're meeting there, just man, just talking and and in my office and 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 you know all of a sudden a storm blows in Tuesday. How many of you remember that storm? And it's like ah. Oh, in the middle of of talking, I stopped. And I'm saying, "Praise God!" because it wasn't a storm at first; it was rain, and we need some rain. You agree? We need some rain, and it's like, "Praise God, rain! Praise God, rain!" And then all of a sudden, rain turned into, you know, you know, it just all kinds of almost looked like uh, tornadic uh, weather, and like we was going to experience some tornadoes, and it's like. And I said, honey, honey, come in here. And so, you know, we just, right then, we just went to the presence of God. And Lord, we just, we just, we declared the word of God, Lord. And we spoke, peace be still in Jesus' name. That this was not going to be destructive. That it was not going to take lives. And, and why? Why did we run to God? Because that's when we're the most secure. And immediately, immediately it died down. Immediately it died down. And I'm here to tell you, in the presence of God is where you're, you and I are the most secure. I can't tell you how many situations and circumstances that I've been in in life where if it wasn't for the presence of God bringing comfort in my life, even in the midst of great people, I've got great relationships. I'm humbled by the relationships that I have around me. I, I'm, I don't deserve them. I'm humbled by them. Humbled by them. But even those great relationships that I have, there are times where they can't bring me the comfort that God's presence can bring me. I need God's presence. And he comforts me. And and thank God I can run to him and find security in him. And also, I'm telling you, the devil doesn't like the presence of God. He does not, does not, does not like the presence of God. Uh, Psalm 4.8 says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep, for you alone, O, o Lord, make me dwell in safety. He's our safety. He is our safety. Uh, Psalm 68, 1-3 says this, Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let those also who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. And as wax melts before the fire, so let, get this, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. Let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. Not only rejoice, but rejoice exceedingly. I looked up that word rejoice, and if you look it up in original text, it means to to exalt, to be overjoyed, to be thrilled. And then he adds, be thrilled, be overjoyed exceedingly. I mean, the devil doesn't like people that are exceedingly overjoyed. Amen? And then he says, he says, he goes on to say, let them, let, let them rejoice exceedingly. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Extol his name who rides on the clouds by his name, Yah, or Yahweh, or Lord, and rejoice before him. Get this, the word extol means praise enthusiastically. It means praise enthusiastically. The devil, does a, well, he doesn't want to be around people that are praising enthusiastically. 
He's like, oh, I don't want to be there. Because in the presence of God is the fullness of joy. And the joy of our Lord is, uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And let me tell you, there is no devil that can stand the presence of God. Every, every demonic force has to flee the presence of God. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. There's no spirit that can stay around the presence of God. So whatever you're going through today, put on the presence of God and watch those storms just settle down and, 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 and just uh, things work out to your favor. The, the, the best thing that you can do when you're under attack is worship. Best thing that you can do is get in the presence of God. So, what happens when we make worship our greatest purpose? What happens when we, we, we put our attention, our focus on the Lord? I'm going to tell you that we're the most satisfied, we're the most secure, and the third thing I want to share with you today is that we're the most successful. It causes success in our life. It causes success Second um, Chronicles, talking about Hezekiah, Second Chronicles thirty-one verse twenty-one. It says he Hezekiah was successful because everything he did for the temple or in observance of the law he did in the spirit of complete lo- uh, loyalty and devotion. Some translation says worship to his God. That's why he was successful. It's because of his relationship with the Lord, putting God in his life. Now, what is success? Because some people have a different definition of what success is. You might think success is having lots of money, having lots of friends, having lots of things. And I'm going to tell you that's the wrong biblical definition of success because we know a lot, a lot of people that are quote unquote successful and yet they're miserable here on this earth. They're not secure. They're not satisfied. They're, a matter of fact, there's a lot of what we would call successful people that commit suicide. And, and, and that's because they're not, they're not understanding biblical success. And hopefully today you'll understand what that is. But we are the most successful in the presence of God. Because God, listen, Bobby says this all the time. You can't be around God's presence without, without uh, him influencing your life. You can't be around somebody and them not influence you. Bible says, he who walks with the wise will be wise. But a companion of fools will be destroyed. So whoever you're spending time most with is like the person that you're going to be like. I can tell you how the outcome of your life is going to be by just looking at your friends. What do your friends look like? And, And let me tell you who's my best friend. I'm telling you, it is the Lord. I spend lots of time with Him. I want to spend time with Him. He's my greatest influence in my life. And let me tell you, because of that, He's going to, make, he's going to cause me and cause us to be successful when we spend time with Him. Worship is extremely important to the success of our life. Again, you need to understand, I need to understand what success is according to Scripture. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, I believe, defines it for us. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, the word of God needs to be in our mouth all the time, speaking the word, speaking what God says. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have 
Good success. It's interesting that it doesn't say success, but good success. What's the difference between success and good success? I think the difference is good success is God's success. Success is just what we come up with. And good success is when, we are, when we're doing what God wants us to do. Now, here's the definition of success here. I like to, I like to say, uh, according to this, is when we understand what God says concerning our life. And when we're applying it to our life. So, it looks like this. It, it's loving God with all that we are, discovering His purpose for our life, developing that purpose in our life, and fulfilling that purpose in our life. I believe that's true success. I remember when I first got, uh, when I first got saved, uh, I came into the kingdom of God. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I'm going to be uh, 53 tomorrow. And uh, I, I know I don't look like it. I appreciate that. Uh, I was talking to somebody earlier, and I can't remember who it was, but uh, they were, I was trying to define somebody, and I said, uh, and they said, is it that older person? I said, they're my age. What are you trying to say? <laughs> Just because they're like 20, but uh, I, I, I'm not older. I'm young. I'm young. I'm young. But I, I, you know, I've been born again uh, now 29 years, mother. Uh, this, I have to check with my mother. Uh, I've been born again right at 29 years. And uh, when I came into the things of God, I knew nothing, nothing about the things of God. Uh, some of you have heard this, but I didn't know the difference between Old Testament and New Testament. Had no clue. I really didn't even know what really took place, uh, why Jesus went to the cross, not even understanding. Uh, when I got born again, I just, the presence of God, God drew me. Uh, the gospel was just a simple gospel message. I said, I don't understand it, but I want it. It's kind of like marriage. You know, when you say, I do, we, seriously, when you say, I do, you don't know what you're saying, I do, to until you start to live it out. How many you married people know what I'm talking about? You say, I do, I, I want in, I want in, and it's like, a month into it, it's like, I don't know if I want in. <laughs> Too late. And so I didn't know anything. I just know that I wanted in. I just know that the presence of God was so impactful in my life. I felt the most secure. I felt the most satisfied I ever felt my whole life. I just wanted in. I wanted in. And I didn't know anything. Anything. And I had a church that, thank God, they believed in taking and bringing people in and getting them not only saved, but helping them to get free from their issues and their addictions. I was still addicted, and there's other things that was going on in my life. I still had an anger problem, and all kinds of issues and baggage that I carried in that were still in my soul. Even though I'd been born again, I was brand new in my spirit. I still had a lot of issues in my soul, and I can't go there today. We probably need to talk about that in the near future. But, but man, I just had lots of issues. But this church said, hey, listen, you're saved now. We want you to come in, get hooked up. We want to get you involved in ministry, get involved in a small group, and this is going to be the best thing for you. 
I was telling our, our worship team today, I said, you know, we need to make sure that we get people close to us and keep them close to us because it's in that closeness that they can experience the presence of God off our life. We need to be carriers of the, of the presence of God. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Well, they got me in. I came in. I, I still smelled like smoke from the world. I still, I still had issues in my life. I mean, I still had some issues. I mean, some issues, issues. And uh, some of you think that you got issues. I had issues. And I had your issues, my issues, and everybody else's issues when I was. I had some issues. And this church, they understood the grace of God, the love of God. They knew that God had touched my life. And they says, I want you to come in. I want to get you involved in ministry. So I, they put me through a growth track. They put me through uh, 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 training in ministry. Got me to uh, started. I started ushering, man. Started, I was an usher. That was my first responsibility in the church. And so I ushed. And I'm going to tell you, before I knew anything, like three months later, I was a small group leader. And I had just barely been saved. I didn't know the difference between Old Testament and New Testament. I just had the fire of God in me. I just wanted to make a difference in people's lives. They saw that, said, let us nurture it. And then in the process, they'd correct me when I did wrong. Amen. They did. Matter of fact, they, they, one time they said, I want you, because we used to come together and we used to do things differently than we do it, and we taught lessons every time. And uh, they wanted me to teach the lesson to all the small group leaders. There was probably around 30 of us, I believe, small group leaders. And, and so I come in and I heard this message and it just made an impact in my life. And, and I thought, man, I'm going to take this person's message. Well-known minister, if I named his name, you'd know who it was. And I don't know if I heard wrong. Sometimes, you know, you hear wrong. You think you hear something and you hear something, you know, and, and you really didn't hear what you heard. And so you got to be watchful for that. <laughs> anyway, so I took his message. I thought I heard him say that Jesus, when he died on the cross, that every bit of his blood was shed here on this earth. And, and uh, he shed every bit of his blood for us. And it stayed here on this earth. And so I said that. And one of the, one of the, one of the pastors of the church, right in the middle of everybody, and says, he says, uh, the Bible says that he took his blood and poured it over the mercy seat in heaven. And, and man, I was like embarrassed. <laughs> From that point on, I became a student of the word. I thought, this will never happen to me again. I'm going to get in there and I'm going to find out for myself what the Word of God says. I, I'm not going to doubt people's words. Now, I, I never did go back to find out whether I just heard wrong or if that's what he said. But nonetheless, it, it helped me to be a greater, a greater uh, uh, small group leader. And so anytime I brought something forth, I brought it forth after much study. Amen? Amen. But the point being is, you know what? Success for me... Success for me was, at that point, was getting in there, getting born again, getting free, getting involved in ministry, being in part of other people's lives through a small group. And I'm going to tell you, it, 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 it's been like that every step of the way. It's just finding out what God wants, developing it, and doing it. That's what success is for every one of us. Are you with me? Yes, and if you'll do that... I'm telling you, all these other things will just be added unto you, as we talked about last week. God's blessed me. I, I do not deserve the relationships I have. And by the way, I'll just say this real quick in Indy. You can have everything in the world, and if your relationships are bad, life is bad. 
And you can have nothing in the world, but if your relationships are good, life is good. And so success is when we're doing what God wants us to do in our life. I want to challenge you. Get in there. Be a worshiper of God. Let him influence your life so that your life is taking on the, the character and the nature of God in your life. One more, one more scripture. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. He will make you successful if you'll just delight yourself in the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're so grateful for your love. Thank you for the greatest relationship we have, and that's with you. God, we're just wanting to honor you. We're wanting to make worship our greatest purpose in our life. That we're not here to pursue hobbies or careers or or any of those other things. Lord, that's not our purpose. Our purpose is to love you. Follow your design. Follow your heart. And, and allowing you just to take our lives and be glorified through our lives by making a difference in others. Thank you for allowing us to do that. We praise you. We honor you. In Jesus' name.